I know you're used to seeing a lot of ministry at the end of the service. Uh, in our ministry, we, most of the ministry we've seen in our lifetime has happened uh, during the worship or in between the worship and the Word. And really, the Word really is to prepare you for worship. That's where the Word that you hear should lead you into a relationship. And, and worship is your expression of that relationship corporately. And then there's the individual worship that you should have every day of your life. But this is a rare opportunity we can get together and corporately come together as a body uh, with what God's given us to share together as a family. So this morning, uh, I'm going to start with Donna since she, she was the last to tell me, to, the last to be first, right? Come on up here, Donna, and we'll just share what God has done in your life recently. Everybody give her a hand. Y'all so quiet. Come on, you got to break this here. We're going to get lively. Christina, this is awesome testimony right here. Yeah. What little I know. <laughs> he doesn't know what happens when I hit microphone. <laughs> we'll break him in really well. <laughs> got something in common. Yeah, we do. <laughs> she had all her boxes all taped up nice and lazy <laughs> and had already gone through them. That is not what happened in my house. It all got thrown in the boxes and bags and we're done. That's the way I like to move. But that's all right. I like to pray for my sister. She has come down probably four weekends in a row to help me go through this. She's helped me. She's very gift to decorating and interior decorating. And she, she took my daughter's room and took everything that I've had Wow. Amen. All right. Larry, won't you come on up? Give Larry a hand. He's one of your elders. You need to remember, you know, they've been they they've been serving serving you guys behind the scenes here for a long time. Good morning. Now that this is in the dream. Okay. Now this is in the dream. Okay, didn't want to commit you there. 
Yeah. Come on. It's not a commercial. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on, church. Woo! See, God really does care. God really does care. And now, now what I want you to hear in that, and I, I, after talking, he shared with this, uh, that with me yesterday after the great breakfast that we had. Thank you, Chuck, and, and, and the Chuck Wagon team. And... Uh, but um, it was, you know, so many times we try to do things out of guilt or law. And you try to change your life out of, because you have to. It's not going to work. <coughs> you know, the church has been telling the world they've got to change and the laws the way they've got to live it. it ain't going to work. But see, God gave Larry that dream out of love. And just said it was his choice. You choose it. The scripture says, to him who believes. To him who believes. God loves you. wants you to have a long and healthy life and experience it more abundantly to those that believe. Amen. And I, I, I warn you, this is not... You didn't have dreams very often. You're going to start receiving dreams and visions you're going to start moving in the signs and wonders. Miracles are going to be happening from your hands, not because of you, just because you believe to them that believe. Just got to start believing. Amen? Well, welcome to the river of life. As the sign says, no, wrong sign, but as the, line, the, the sign says, the water's fine. Jump on in. Everybody knows what the river is, right? That's the river of God. And so many times we just sit back and watch the river. We don't want to watch the river no more. This is the river of life. And our purpose and our destiny here in this place is to affect the surrounding area 
with the living water of God. Amen? And the only way that's going to happen is if it starts happening in you first. So here we go. Turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 2. This is a series... Oh, children. That's a good way to do that, TK. <laughs> if I don't say it, just get up and leave. As a matter of fact, let's just stop right now. Everybody turn around and just re reach your hands out to the children. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the servants that are serving you by blessing your most cherished ones. Father, I thank you that is the future. That is the church of the now. And you are doing things in them right now. The gifts that you've already put into them, we call those gifts to come forth quickly. I believe right now for signs and wonders to happen in the children's church, I believe children can be healed, delivered, and set free from this world that we live in. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing in that ministry and the growth that we're going to see in the near future. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter 2. Is everybody ready? Well, we won't be up long enough for that. I mean, you can stand up if you want to, but we're going to... And again, I'm a teacher, so I chop up the Scripture a whole lot as we read. Uh, you can more than happy to stand up anytime you want to. All right, Luke chapter 2, it says this. Now, one of the things, uh, before we read, one of the things that we need to understand that in churchdom, the Bible is divided up basically in two parts. Most people understand it as the Old Testament and the New Testament, but really it needs to be divided up by Old Covenant and New Covenant. Does everybody understand that? Now, not all of the New Testament is under the New Covenant. There are parts of the New Testament that are still under the Old Covenant, and sometimes what happens we get things mixed up in our understanding. But here, in Luke chapter 2, it says this, verse 8, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over the flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory, everybody say the glory, of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Now, if you go down to verse 13, it says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Now this is the glad tidings of great joy. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. Now what we need to understand about this is that chapter 2 doesn't start with verse 8. Chapter 2 starts with verse 1. And verse 1 says this. Verse 1 says, And it came to pass, everybody say, in those days. Now I am good at making a big deal out of little words. But let's talk about in those days. Now there's a reason it says in those days. Because those days are different than these days. That, that was hard, wasn't it, Larry? You got that. All right, he's with me. You're catching on. Okay. Now, what we need to understand 
And, and you know, we talked about this a couple weeks ago about, about the silent night. It really wasn't a silent night. When all the heavens open up and the angels shout with an extremely loud and in hark the herald, hark! You know, the herald angels see. It was a loud night. It was not silent at all. And we need to unsilent the churches. Because the most holy night was the loudest night, not the quietest. See, that'll break some paradigms right there. But the scripture says in verse 1, it says, And in those days, see, we need to understand in those days, see, between the New Testament and the Old Testament, in your Bibles, some of your Bibles and some of the publishers have put in an extra page. It has actually 400 silent years written on it. There were 400 silent years between, let me, let me do it this way. Maybe this will bring back some memories. There's 400 silent years between the Old Testament from in the beginning. Everybody remember this over here? From here to here, God spoke. 400 silent years, God didn't speak. That's why they call them silent years. God didn't speak. For thousands of years, he spoke to his people. But for 400 years, the prophets didn't record anything because God didn't speak to them. How long is 400 years? Let's put it in perspective. The United States of America isn't even close to that. And a group of people just kept doing what they were always... All they heard was stories about God. For four, huh, listen, we don't even know how to spell George Washington hardly. You know, we forget about things. History kind of diminishes stuff. But listen, they heard stories about God. What kind of stories did they hear for 400 years? The same stories that took place prior to the 400. See, see there was a battle going on. You look back into the Old Testament and read some of the Old Testament the children of Israel back then, the people of this world were not scared of the devil. They weren't even devil conscious. They were scared of God. See, it wasn't the devil that opened up the ground and swallowed hundreds of children of Israel because of sin. It wasn't the devil that brought down fire and burned up 250 in one because of sin. It was God. It wasn't the devil that told the children of Israel to go to, uh, to destroy every man, woman, boy, girl, child, baby, sheep, goat, pig, and burn every possession of their enemy. It was God. See, when God spoke, people died. Uzzah! Now, I didn't just, you know, <clears throat> Uzzah was a person in the Old Testament that reached out, the Ark of the Covenant was about ready to fall. He reached out in wanting the Ark of the Covenant not to hit the ground. He just reached out and caught it to keep it from falling, smote him dead, the presence of God. Why? Because the law said don't touch it unless you're clean. 
sinless. See, God's loved people all, all our existence, but he's hated sin. He's loved people, but he's hated sin. So the children of Israel, all their life, had heard stories about how God came in. See, look, look, watch this. See, in the Old Covenant, God did what to his enemies? He killed them. Walls of Jericho. God showed up. What happened? People died. See, see the pattern here? In the New Covenant, what's God say to do with your enemies? Over here, He killed them. In the New Covenant, He says what? Something had to change. Something had to change in the heavenlies. God said, kill my enemies over there. He said, love your enemies over here. See, there was a war going on. God loved people, but he hated sin. So there were shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord spoke for the first time in 400. Why were they afraid? Because it was dark? Or do you think they might have thought somebody was going to die? You see what I'm saying? They've heard some stories about this God. You know, he's got a reputation. And the angel said what? Fear not. For behold, I bring you what? glad tidings of great joy which will be just to the children of Israel. Is that what it says? Let's read it. And the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you glad tidings. See, they were looking for some bad tidings. See, good news will produce faith. Bad news will produce fear. Remember what we said a couple weeks ago? I don't know if you do. I'll remind you, what you hear will affect what's inside you. What Elizabeth heard when Mary showed up affected what was inside her. What the shepherds heard affected them what was on the inside so that the angel had to give them something else to hear gave them glad tidings of great joy which will be to all people, all people. it says here in verse 14 uh, verse 13 and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God saying now after four everybody say four hundred after 400 silent years, you need to get the nativity scene out of your head, people. All of heaven opened up. And heaven 
was going to declare somebody dying, right? No. It declared peace. On earth. And goodwill towards. Not between. See, in Matthew 10, it, Jesus talks about, I think it's 1034, Jesus himself said, I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. Son against father, daughter against mother. What's up with that? Jesus said he didn't come to bring peace, but the angels declared peace on earth. See, there's a difference. See, Jesus, see, God sent Jesus to declare, see, it's not peace between men. It's peace between God and men. See, there was a war going on. There was a war. Man was on planet, and God was at war with sin. And man carried sin. So God had to make his son in the form of a man so he could pour out all his judgment and wrath and pay the price for sin once and for all. See, what we need to know is that God is at peace with us. He declared it from all the heavens that there's a new day. There's a new way. God is at peace. It's the same God yesterday and forever. But how he deals with you today, Frank, is different than what he did before because sin was the problem before. God dealt with his sin problem. Now we need to deal with ours. See, he had a problem with sin. And so he sent Jesus to take care of it. He poured out all his wrath at everything that took place at Calvary was for you. Jesus said this, next four weeks we're going to talk about this. This is called the gospel of peace. Uh, Jesus said this, here's some scripture that says, My peace I, I leave with you. My peace I give. What peace was that? The peace he had with his father. He didn't have peace between men. They killed him. The peace he was talking about was his relationship with his father, God. And that's the peace that we have, that he's given us. He's given us my, his peace. He died on the cross so we can see. God has declared peace with us. Church, it's, it's now our time to declare peace with God. Because some of us have been fighting God. Some of us has held what we've done in the past against ourselves, thinking that God's mad at me. God's at peace with you. The war's over. Quit fighting a battle that God's not fighting. It doesn't matter what you've done. God. So love this world. He gave. His only begotten Son. That whosoever, to him who, it's up to us to believe that all of heaven opened up and declared after 400 silent years and thousands of years of warring against sin, God said, I'm going to send my peace offering. Anybody ever heard of that before? 
Jehovah Shalom. Anybody know what Shalom means? Here's some scripture we're going to talk about in the weeks to come to show you how this fits. We just go right past it. See, the new covenant, everybody's heard the phrase new covenant. Oh, we're a new covenant church. What's the new covenant? Is this a bunch of scriptures? No. It's, see, there's a filter we're supposed to have in our heart, in our mind. And when we read the scripture, it's supposed to be all contained within the gospel of peace. All of heaven started at Jesus' birth. The process of the sin offering was coming forth, walking the earth until he paid the price at Calvary. Well, Pastor, you're, that sounds good, but you're going to have to give me some scripture to back that one up. Okay. I'm glad someone said that because I'm kind of ready today. I'm going to get her done. Turn with me to Isaiah. Isaiah 40. I love hearing those pages turn. Hallelujah. Isaiah 40. Verse 1, comfort. You know, first of all, Isaiah was a prophet of God. Listen what Isaiah the prophet declared that we're supposed to do in... Wait a minute. Let me do this again. Isaiah, over here, God spoke to him. He wrote it down and said, listen, over here, what he said there was going to take place here. That's how prophecy works. Watch this. Verse 1, comfort. Yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that the war is over. Can you get any clearer than that? It declared that the war is... See, but it's not in us. See, even though the angels, all of heaven, Noah declared that God's at peace with us and he was going to take care of the sin issue. But because of things in our life, we just can't go there. We don't see, we see the nativity as a little bitty old Christmas seasonal thing, you know, and you know, I wish that church would do a little different because the same thing every year, you know. It embarked us in a whole new administration of God and and a whole new facet of God that the world has never seen. The world has never seen the love and mercy of God before until hark the herald angels sing. The introduction to the gospel of peace. Well, Pastor, you've been mentioning about the gospel of peace and the new covenant. What do they got to do with it? See, the gospel of peace is the new covenant. Let me read the scripture again. It says this, comfort, yes, comfort my people, Say, uh, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that the war is over, that her iniquity is pardoned. For she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. See, the price has been paid. And he goes on and on. Turn over to Isaiah 54. This one's going to blow you away. 
This is going to blow you away. If you've never seen this before and you've been moving in the prophetic, listen to what the Word says. Now, this church in the past has stood out of honor when the Word is read. That is, that is awesome. What is more awesome is applying the Word to your life out of honor. It's one thing to stand. It's another to believe. But I want you to stand with me in the reading of the Word. Out of honor. And I want you to hear what the Word declares. Verse 7. For a mere moment I have forsaken you, but with great mercies I will gather you. With a little wrath I hid my face from you for a moment. But with ever, listen, but with everlasting kindness I will have mercy on you says the Lord your Redeemer for this is like the waters of Noah to me for as I have sworn that the waters of Noah would no longer cover the earth so I have sworn that I would not be angry with you nor rebuke you for the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed but my kindness shall not depart from you nor shall my covenant of peace be removed that is the word of God you may be seated Listen, this just isn't a scripture reading. God spoke through his prophet and said this. Here's the story. God caused a flood to come on the whole earth. Amen? Everybody understand? He put a rainbow in the sky as a promise, as a covenant, never to do that again. Has he ever done it? So he's good to his word. So with the same power, the same commitment, the same resolve that he declared he wouldn't do like the waters of Noah, he made with the covenant of peace. He's not going to be angry with you, rebuke you, nor shall the covenant of peace be See, the new covenant is the covenant of peace. See, the church has been telling the world that they've got to obey the law. The church just needs to tell the world that God loves them. So they can't obey the law. See, our message isn't that the world has to get right. See, I, we used to do street ministry with the church I was involved with in the past, and we had a stage and everything. And I remember the day that I declared that Willis didn't have to change for to get God to love them. And here's the people in the church down here on the front. They had this look on their face like it was just revelation to them for the first time. 
because all the ministry at that time had been to get people to change. You don't have to change people. Change will come, but not to get God to love you. Because He loves you already. And it's, see, it's in the relationship that you experience with Him. See, if the Scripture says, my yoke is what? Easy. And my burden is that sounds like discipleship one-on-one, doesn't it? How many people do you know quit going to church because they can't live up to them standards? <laughs> it's because they want God. God. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Matter of fact, we're going to break a couple little, change some mentalities. You know, the American... I mean, as Americans, we just mess up the scripture. You know, has anybody heard the, the, the phrase, my yoke is easy and my burden is light, and described as the two oxen walking side by side? And how as you're working, God, Jesus is working beside you, and he's carrying the load, and he's the bigger oxen. It has nothing to do with that. If you're a farmer, I'm sorry. Sounds good, preaches good, has nothing to do with that at all. See, the priests, they had a yoke. Today we see it at graduations. What they wear, the, the masters and the doctors, they, they wear a yoke. It's to describe, and see, the priests would wear a yoke, and it would describe the, the, their disciples that would come along them would have to live up to the yoke that they were wearing, live up to their standards, live up to their expectations. And so the children of Israel would live up to different yokes that the priest would wear and different standards. The yoke that Jesus was wearing was easy and it was light. Because it wasn't about people performing to be righteous. It was about them being righteous because he made them righteous. See, we have an opportunity to be at peace with God. God declared peace with us, church so we could declare peace with Him. Scriptures we're going to talk about in the weeks to come. Book of Ephesians, chapter 6. The full armor of God! Oh, yeah, the spear, the sword! It all is based upon the feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Book of Romans, Chapter 10 says this. How can you get saved? It's the most awesome chapter if you could ever just read it for what it says. It says for you to be saved. You need to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. But how, you can, how can you confess and how, you can, how can you believe unless someone is sent? Because that's what it goes on and says that, right? How can it be sent unless they have a preacher? And a preacher is a proclaimer. What is he supposed to proclaim? The next verse says, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace. Wow. But how many of us have heard the gospel of peace? Has anybody heard the
spread the gospel of the lost? Oh, we're told what not to do. My job is not to tell you what's wrong with you. My job is to tell you what's right with you. Because the scripture says the goodness of God will draw all men to repentance. Not to fear. See, fear repels. If the shepherds abiding in the fear in the field by night would have held on to their fear, they wouldn't receive the word of glad tidings of great joy. Fear will repel you from God, won't it? Anybody experience that? Anybody afraid that you walk outside, the all-seeing eye, the lightning bolt, the thunder, you think it's God after you and he just missed? We call that stinking thinking. And there's a lot of that in our theology. There's unconditional love. There's not unconditional living. Because there are the wages of sin is there. But see, God's dealt with his issue. Have you dealt with yours? Are you still letting something you did in the past? I, I, know, I know because I deal with this on a regular basis. There's things in our past, church, that keep us from entering in a relationship with God because we can't forgive ourselves. The Bible says he's already forgiven you. To them who believe. See, this can just be a good sermon or it can actually do something in your heart. I could care less what you think about my preaching. I didn't come here to be a good preacher. I came here to touch your heart. Jesus wasn't even a good preacher. How can you say that? Sacrilege. He didn't come to preach. Jesus said himself, I came to heal the brokenhearted. It wasn't about preaching. It was about touching people where they really are at in their hearts. It doesn't matter what you've done. God wants to heal you in your heart first. You can put on all the shows, you can dance, you can do all the religious stuff you want to do. If you're broken in the heart, there's one person that knows. And he's sitting in your seat. <laughs> mm. Jesus didn't come to get us to stop what we're doing. He came to heal our hearts knowing that when our hearts are healed, we'll understand his yoke is easy. His burden is light. Life was not meant for you to live in bondage to the law, but freedom of the Spirit. Pastor Noah said it this morning, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. You know what the word liberty means? Look it up. I'll tell you anyway. Exemption. Let me put it in perspective. Has anybody ever wanted to be tax exempt? <laughs> that means you're taken out of the accountability of this. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is. Exemption. 
bondage of the law of sin and death and entered in to the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. To them that believe. Let's all stand up. We can read the Word. We can go to church. You can have 14 new pastors. You can have a church full of thousands of people, or 10. But it doesn't matter. Unless you believe something. You've got to believe something. Right now, most of us believe the wrong thing. Yes, we believe that Jesus loves us, for the Bible tells us so. Little ones to him belong. Red and yellow, black and white, they're precious in his sight. But do we really believe that all of heaven opened up and declared for the first time ever peace on earth? goodwill toward me. Church, forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. And get on with God. I got a little saying. Most people say, but I've done this. I talk to another person, they say, but I've done this. I've talked to people all over, and they go, but Pastor Curtis, I've done this. This is my in-depth counseling to them. Get your butt out of the way and get on with God. Get your excuses out of the way. Quit being a victim of your doing and become victorious to what Jesus has done. Begin to live the life and life more abundant that this word says there is for you to live to them who believe. You've got to believe. If all I do is get you to believe something about the goodness of God I've done my job. I've been a proclaimer of the gospel of... And i got pretty feet. I want you to know that. Let me show you. In the same chapter, in the very same chapter, within a few verses of what we just read, Right after where it says, Nor shall my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord your God. It says in verse 14, In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression. How many people are oppressed? You know why you're oppressed? It says right here, You shall not fear. See, fear causes oppression and depression. If you're going through oppression and depression, it's because you're fearing something. 
But the Bible says if you're in the peace of God, you won't fear it no more. Look what it says in verse 17. No weapon formed against you will what? Now, how many people ever heard that in church? One of the most popular scriptures other than Jesus loves me. Or Jesus wept, the little short one. One of the most popular scriptures for charismatic, independent, faith-talking people to declare, right? It's in the same chapter. It says this. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. See, the weapons that come against you are words of judgment. Because, you know what a word of judgment is? Anytime someone holds up the law and says, you don't live up to it. They've made a judgment according to you're not good enough. You broke the law. You lied. You killed. You didn't go to church enough. It's a word of judgment. And it is against you. And the Bible says that we have the responsibility not to condemn the giver, but condemn the word. Because it doesn't line up with the gospel of peace. God is not against you. He is for you. Come on. Come on. You can't read the New Covenant without understanding first the Gospel of Peace. That's why we're starting January. Gospel of Peace. Because from this point, I believe this is the most important message for the rest of your life you'll ever hear. The understanding. I feel it's so important. I, feel, I want to be one of the angels that declared it from heaven. That's how important it was. All of heaven opened up and declared peace on earth, goodwill toward men. I have a little bit of understanding of the gospel of peace. There is so much more that I'm waiting for revelation for. But I have faith to pray for you. If you're going through something, something in the past, it doesn't matter what it is. God is over it. And He wants you to be. He's not holding it against you. You're holding it against yourself. Joy and I, we want to pray for you. We won't tell anybody. We won't share with anybody. I just want to get your heart here. It's not going to happen with one service. But a process of time, I guarantee you, the pain will go away. You won't hurt no more. I have been the product of an abortion. I had to get over the pain. That I was responsible for killing one of God's chosen ones. Paul, the Apostle Paul, 
had to get over the pain of killing the parents of the people he was ministering to. But he found peace. Israel. What does Paul say every time he opens the letter? Grace and Two words that we just, oh, that's just the first verse, it's not important. Grace and peace. Every time he declared it, he declared grace and peace from God our Father. If you need prayer, we open the altars right now. Please, don't let this moment pass away. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, He's already declared peace. He's already forgiven you. He's just waiting for you to believe. What a great time. Right now, in this place, in front of people that have already done what you're about to do, that love you and support you, now's the time. If you need help getting over something in the past, now's the time. That way in the future, we can look back and say, now in those days. What days were those? The days you heard the angels declare peace on earth in your life. Come forward. If you need prayer, if you don't, please be quiet. Whatever you want to do, stay in worship. But please, come forward and get prayer at this very moment. Don't let it pass away right now. Someone may have done something to you that hurt you and you can't forgive them. Declare peace in that situation. You may have done something personally that nobody else knows about. See, I've got peace in my life. That's why I can tell you what I've done in my life. Because I'm forgiven. I was, I was forgiven even before I asked. Wow. Because he loved me that much. Come on. Let's sing something. Hallelujah. Everybody just be still. Begin to pray. Begin to pray in the, your prayer language. If you've been given the gift of, of tongues, begin to pray in the Spirit. If you haven't, pray in the understanding. Just begin to be thankful. If you're okay, start praying for those that aren't. Get past your own world. Get out of your own sphere. Be involved with other people's lives. No. Go ahead and sing without the mic. That's all right. Go ahead and sing. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody, don't let this moment pass. I've got all day. Matter of fact, I've got all week. This is what I do.
in the weeks to come, next three weeks for sure, we're going to be dealing solely with the gospel of peace. Because most of us have never heard it. It's just a word that we throw out there like this. Peace. No. This is not what it's about. This is what it's about. Come on. Yes. You are my desire. Nothing else will do. Nothing can take your place. Help us find the way, Lord, to bring us back to you. You're all I need. If you know this song, sing it. You're all I need. I've ever wanted you. You're all Yes. Father, that is our prayer. Help us. Sing it again. This is our prayer, Lord. It's our prayer. It may not be reality yet, but it is our prayer. We want you to be all that we need. We want you to be all that we want. Help us. Oh, yes. Holy Spirit, I thank you for this opportunity to declare your peace. Holy Spirit, you are the great helper. And I know that you will help us as we leave this place all week long. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. Make sure you hug a neck, shake a hand, be friendly. <laughs> Hallelujah.